Thanks for joining us at Colts to Consciousness. This storytelling podcast is meant to be for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for any medical advice. We may discuss triggering topics and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. Lastly, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host. There was a couple there. She was a couples massage therapist, like teaching them how to massage each other erotically and things like that. And she was like, I just want to show you something, like speaking to someone else. And she was like, Kirsten, come here. You can be the model. And I was like, um, and I was saying, she's like, come on, come on. It'll be fine. Real quick, real quick. So I was because I felt like I had to. Oh, no. I was like stiff as a board the whole time. And I was like, okay, you know, okay, we've all seen ha ha ha. And they're like, oh, Kirsten likes it. And I was like, well, I got to work, you know, and I like ran back to the office. And I remember I got home and I was just like sitting there. My partner's like, are you okay? And I wanted to bawl my eyes out. And I did not have the courage to tell him what had happened because I was so mortified. Hey, my name is Shalise Ansola, and this is Cults to Consciousness, where we discuss leaving high-demand religions or organizations and finding healing and independence through awareness and true individual sovereignty. As always, if you're only listening and you want to see our faces, go to our YouTube channel at Cults to Consciousness, where you can join in on the conversation. I love seeing your comments, and I love to interact with you as much as possible. So today's guest is one of the examples of leaving a religion and organization. We talked about her story in a previous episode. I will definitely link it below so you can watch that before this, but it's not entirely necessary. We talked about her life growing up Mormon, going to Brigham Young University, and her experience as a camp counselor at EFY, which is called Especially for the Youth, and that is something that can get a little bit culty, so we dove into all of those things in her previous episode, but today we are going to be focusing on how she left Mormonism and found herself as an employee in this extremely problematic sex cult that was masquerading or is masquerading as a Buddhist nudist temple. So without further ado, (laughs) thanks so much for joining us again, Kirsten. Hi, I'm back. (laughs) She's back, y'all. Yeah. So we're going to get into this. She reached out and she was like, girl, I have a story that you're not going to believe. And I was like, lay it on me. And it's true. When she told me everything that went down at this place, I was like, this needs to be told. And also, you, Kirsten, are the first person to kind of be the whistleblower on this place. No one has come out against it and shown people what's really going on behind those closed doors. So I'm really proud of you for stepping forward and giving your perspective. We want to say this is your perspective of working there. We're not trying to malign any group. Don't come after us, please. Uh, but we want to <laughs> we want to get the truth out there of what's going on. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just starting out, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, I don't agree with the lifestyle that people have nudists or, um, you know, swingers or anything like that, polyamory, all of that, I am 100% on board with, I think it's amazing. Some of my best friends are and, you know, it's, it's really great that people can have that kind of lifestyle, make it work in a consensual way. But um, yeah, this one love temple that we're going to talk about was definitely not doing it in a moral or consensual way. Yeah, exactly. And we always talk about how purity culture can be distorted and you know, not having sex before you're married is not a bad thing. But when you're forced into it, the guilt and the shame that comes with that as a child and disconnection from the body. So in this case, again, we don't think that swinging is necessarily problematic if all parties are consenting. If you're all adults, if you know what you're doing and getting into, then of course you do you, boo. But this group in particular was luring, is, I keep forgetting to say is because it's still happening. Is. Is still there. <laughs> luring people into this community. It's, um, I mean, we'll describe what it is. You can describe what it is more in your words, but it's in Las Vegas. They are masquerading as a Buddhist temple and people get there and they don't understand that it's nude only and you are forced to leave. 
if you don't comply and it has to be full, full nudity. And when people come there thinking that it's a spiritual retreat and then they're blindsided with what it actually is, more of the BDSM kink swingers parties, there's a very different dynamic there and it makes people very uncomfortable. So let's get into first all the reasons why you believe that this is a cult, why you're like, you know what? I need to call Shalise because this is definitely (laughs) a cult. (laughs) Yeah. um, So there's a lot of things. I mean, if you look at the bite model and all how I'm assuming a lot of your listeners are familiar with it, considering this is all things culty. It hits pretty much every single one. The behavior control was very much, you know, it, it starts bringing you in by acting like this is a beautiful yoga, relaxing retreat with, I mean, their website you'll see has statues of Buddha on it and showing pools. And they say, you know, enjoy pools with mineral water and all of these things. But then once you get there, they tell you to strip down fully nude. And if you choose not to, you are asked to leave and be told that because you're not nude, you're being a predator. So basically, we're all nude. So you not being nude and looking at our bodies makes you a creep and we're not okay wow. with it. Right. <laughs> and when you're surrounded by people saying this to you, I mean, the moment you walk in, they have you even sign papers that like, it must be fully nude. It's not optional, which... Again, you know, information control, their website says it is optional. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me that they make it very obvious that you have to be nude once you get there, but will not give you that knowledge prior to or even lie about it. You know, before you move on, I think this is a good point to talk about their websites, plural, because the first one, when you Google One Love Temple, it's templelv, as in lasvegas.com. I'll put it up on the screen, but you guys can go to it and look at it. And like you're saying, Kirsten, it's very Zen. I mean, the first thing it says is a meditative Zen center, bringing Zen and love to the Mecca of Nevada. (laughs) I want to read a few things because then I'm going to go to the other website, which is vastly different for the exact same place. So at the top, we have home classes, contact us, festivals, retreats, workshops and events. And then (laughs) there's like affirmations. It says, a Judeo-Christian mission of one love, a positive meditative society for the egalitarian celebration of the human spirit and the lifestyle of love and honor of one love in song and blessings and spirit. So, yes, very flowery language, very spiritualist, which great. That's fine. Like, this is something that I might be interested in, right? Like, oh, let's go meditate, relax, be in the pool. And it sounds pretty great. And then... (laughs) found their other website. (laughs) It has another name called Sea Mountain Spa Las Vegas. And this website, again, I'll put it on the screen, spalv.com. So you can go check that one out too. So now (laughs) this website's very different. Like one of the first pictures you see is this like conglomeration of nude bodies kind of like (laughs) twisted probably like I don't know 10 people kind of contorted all on top of each other Um, again totally fine if that's your thing but we're just trying to illustrate the differences here (laughs) there's a picture of a man and a woman kissing in front of a sign that says sex drive pretty funny. So one thing that we wanted to point out about this website, actually both websites, is on this more kind of BDSM style sexy website, there is a tab that says clothing optional. But yes, optional is very different than mandatory. And if you read through it, that tab does talk about like, oh, when you're in these areas or getting out of the pool, you can have a towel and things like that. But it's not like I think if you really like took a lawyer to it and was like technically they're saying you can have like a sarong or a towel when you're coming out of the pool but it's that's not it at all like if I saw that and I saw clothing optional I would take that as clothing optional not Mm -hmm. 
no clothing, not optional unless you want to leave and be a weirdo. Yeah. So here's something that it says on the website under the clothing optional tab. It says, remember, you can always wear a towel, a sarong, or a wrap, or a robe. So your comfort is the sea mountain. Your comfort is a sea mountain concern. That t- sentence doesn't make sense. Um, but you would tell us that that is absolutely not the case and that no. if someone had something on covering their genitals, they would be asked to remove it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we would see people with like, like one one woman would come and she would wear little shorts, but they were like assless shorts. It was like having assless chaps, but like mm-hmm. it was a short. I mean, honestly, she was really pretty and they were super cute, but like <laughs> those were okay. Oh my god! <laughs> because her genitals were hanging out. Okay. You know? So like that was okay, or like you know women would wear like um jeweled like necklaces that would like engulf their breasts Mm. or whatever you know but like no you couldn't walk around in a towel or sarong or a robe they'd be like no you're being creepy because we're all naked and you're not so you're here to look at other people's bodies and make them uncomfortable Yeah, which leads us to the next thing, which is on their website. Every night of the year in our Dharma Club and night events, you can wear the sexiest, most provocative lingerie. Wear something in the eaves that would not get you admitted to any club in Las Vegas. Guys, can you just (laughs) see the differences here? One website saying, wear the most provocative lingerie you own, and the other one saying, come join us for a beautiful Zen retreat. Now that we've kind of given people a taste of why it's a little bit culty and we'll get into some of those more as we get into your story let's talk about how you ended up working there so (laughs) you leave mormonism you live in vegas you're like okay the mormonism thing is not working for me and now you need to get a job so tell us like what's going on in your life at that point what's um driving you to accept something like this and be willing to do something like this and then we can talk about your interview process okay so um I guess what was driving me is I needed money like I well, just yes, I needed course. a job <laughs> you know <laughs> I had uh gotten divorced and needed money and um something quick and um I had gone to cosmetology school previously and done hair and all those things but um Need extra cash. So I was looking on Craigslist because that was still a thing. So you can Mm -hmm. tell, you know, how long ago this was. And um, I was looking under like spas and um, salons, you know, just seeing what was out there. And I saw an ad and it said um, they needed managers for a yoga temple. So it said, I forget how it was posted. It was like manager wanted yoga temple, right? Mm -hmm. So I click on it. And it says, this is the One Love Temple of Las Vegas and where one love is what we practice and women are worshipped, you know, things like this. I was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds so awesome. And they were paying really well. Um, I wanted to do my research. So I typed in One Love Temple Las Vegas and up comes this beautiful yoga website Uh with waterfalls and Buddha and Uh, there's affirmations on there, you know, and all these things. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I definitely want to do this. I'm going to apply. So I applied and um, I got invited to have an interview. And so when they called me, I remember them telling me that it was a nudist temple. And at first I was like, okay, but then I was in the mindset of like, okay, you know, I'm I'm out of Mormonism. I need to experience new things. And yeah. people do naked yoga. Like, this is a thing. It's fine. I'm telling myself all these things. And I was like, okay. But I also, at the same time, I was thinking that maybe it was optional. Like, as a manager, I would be in, like, yoga clothes and right. walking around and making everything, you know, fine and blah, blah, blah. So, um. I go to to the interview thinking that I'm going to be a manager for a yoga studio uh, or yoga temple. I show up and um, the woman that answered the door was in just like a sarong wrapped around. But you could tell she was nude. She had the sarong on. And I was like, okay. This is in like a residential area, right? It's like a home. Yes. 
it's a home. Yeah. And a neighborhood. Um, yeah. So I pull up and I was like, this is kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> and so I walk up to a home and you know, a woman's there in a sarong looking fully nude. I'm like, okay, maybe she just did a class. She just got out of the shower. It's like, it's crazy to me how your mind can just jump rope through all of these things. Yeah. And I do think that's part of growing up in a cult and be like, this is fine. This is fine. I can make this work. Everything's fine. <laughs> so Exactly. So I walk in <laughs> and I turn the corner and there's like a front desk, you know, as one would see, except everyone is completely nude. Mm -hmm. Not like kind of new not partially new not pants and, and no like fully 100% nude everything showing all the bits and pieces and I was like okay and they're like all right so here, here we're excited to have you here's you know your interview do you know, want some water any of these things and I'm just like okay yeah okay let's do this and they um then escort me. There was like two or three other girls that were interviewing with me at the same time. They escort all of us to a locker room around the corner and told us that uh, we needed to strip down. And I was kind of looking at them. They were looking at me and we're all like, okay. And they're like, no, now, like you need to be nude. There's no clothing allowed here. And we were like, "Jeez, I'm sorry. What? You know, but the thing that blows my mind is nobody said anything. None of us said anything. We just kind of looked at each other and got naked. Yeah. Here we are, all fully naked. For your interview. For my interview, yes. <laughs> so they had us walk around the grounds. And there are guests there, by the way, while we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking around fully nude with people I do not know. Mm -hmm. um, taking a tour of a temple, <laughs> which, by the way, is hilarious to me because it is a very large area there are a few swimming pools like normal swimming pools you would see at a house and then there's some rooms there's one called the dharma room which has like buddhist statues in front of it but then when you open it it has a giant circular bed <laughs> and like black lights and a stripper pole and like a dj booth okay i feel like black lights would be really problematic <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I just, I remember walking in there and they just like did it. And this is our Dharma room. And that, and I was like, what? I just remember when they showed me the Dharma room, I was thinking like this was going to be the yoga studio because it had Buddha in front of it. And I was like, oh, okay, so here it is. And they opened it. And then I was like, whoa. I did not think this was going to be that. Like, it was very weird to me. Because it was clearly a sex room, not a yoga room. Oh, yeah. Very clearly a sex room. Very clearly a sex room. I mean, I'm talking stripper pole, bed, chairs on the side that had, like, velvet pillows on them. And it was like... um a sorry excuse for a club if I could say it like any other way it was like someone took a large room in their house and then made it into a club by like painting the walls black and adding a bed okay it just keeps getting weirder and weirder many beds many rooms that all from the front or the outside looking in would look very much like this was this was going to be the yoga room or this right. was going to be the meditation room but every time you open it up circular bed I don't know what it was with the circular beds either, but whatever. <laughs> Did you ever encounter an actual yoga room or meditation room? Nope. <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> That'd be too easy. They had this one area that was so cool that it was like a big, like, it, I mean, it probably was at one time some sort of like worship area because it had a giant, like, I'm talking like 13 foot buddha there and then little waterfalls on the side it was really pretty but it was like this little square area that nobody ever went to so if mm. there was any area that looked like it might have been a place of meditation or worship it was not used that way mm -hmm. after the tour they say um we're gonna eat lunch and then have your interview i was like okay 
So we're eating <laughs> fried chicken, believe it or not, <laughs> they served us, and salad, fully nude still. I remember I was like holding my paper plate and like eating chicken and like grease was dripping down my chest. Oh my I was like, gosh. Um, I was having a very like out of body experience. Like what is going on here? This is just, what is happening? <laughs> you know? So I also need to jump in here and let people understand where your mentality is because growing up as a Mormon, your sexuality is shut down. At least it's expected 100%. to be until you are married. So when I say sexuality, I'm also including just being connected to your body, which I know is not inherently sexual, but that's what ends up happening is when they tell you you that you're wrong for having these sexual feelings or that it's sinful and you make yourself be ashamed for having these sexual feelings, which are totally normal and natural, you begin to dissociate from your body because you don't want to be a part of something that is making you sinful. So even just like... (laughs) being aware of your body or like looking at your body, you know, knowing what your anatomy is, all of that is very uncomfortable. Um, Just to give a a tangible example, I remember the first time my appendix was having a thing. I ended up having to get them out. But when I went to the hospital, they ran all these tests. They thought it might be a cyst. And I was so mortified to get that little protractor probe thing that they stick in your vagina, like normal pelvic exams. I was so mortified when that happened. I felt ashamed. I felt gross. And that is something that happens when you teach these young girls. I mean, I was like 17 at the time. I shouldn't have felt that way about my own body, but that's a side effect of extreme purity culture. So I want people to understand that when you're in this position and you've left Mormonism, you don't know what baseline is. You don't understand what like a quote normal sexuality, normal body positivity feels or looks like. Yeah. So when you go to this place that is supposed to be peace, love, healing, meditation, you think to yourself, well, I'm the problem. I'm the one that should feel comfortable. Yes. Clearly, I clearly they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Clearly, I'm the weird one. I was raised in a cult. What do I know? Like you make all these excuses in your head. And that's why it's so easy for people to fall into pray like situations after leaving a high demand religion or cult, because you still don't really know what's considered normal and safe and boundaries. You have no, no awareness of boundaries at all for yourself, for other people who are coming into your space. So I just wanted to say that because someone who's never been in a cult might be like, well, clearly that's weird. You should have ran the second they told you to get changed or get undressed. But it's just not that simple. So I just had to put that out there. No, I appreciate that because that's exactly what it was. I I thought I had been so sheltered Mm -hmm. that this was normal and this was loving yourself. This was being accepting of other people and this was totally okay. This Mm -hmm. is what I just kept telling myself. And also I want to point out is when we went on this tour and for the interview, there were a few couples there, but it was during the day and they were just hanging out in the pool. There was nothing sexual going on. This was just people in the pool watching us. Yeah. So I didn't even know at that point. I still very much thought this was a more meditative peace, love and happiness. Mm-hmm. kind of thing I was getting into. So um, anyway, getting back to the interview, I walk in for my interview with the owners. Both of them are fully dressed and I'm sitting there in a chair in their office, fully nude, like no towel, no nothing, just looking at these two people that I'm trying to impress them to get this job. And I mean, think about being in this situation because I look back and I have to laugh. It was a full blown interview. Like, I see on your resume, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm very good at multitasking. And I'm like, totally new. Just talk. Yeah. I mean, talk about being your most vulnerable self and then having an interview. Didn't you say at one point they had you get into the pool? Yes, they did. They had us swim in the pool and have uh, margaritas. Wow. Drinking and interviews and nudity, it all goes together. (laughs) And I I feel like this was very intentional on their end to 
get you to relax. Like here, get in the pool, have a good time. If you've ever been to Vegas, you know that it's sweltering hot (laughs) and have a drink and have some food. And so you're kind of loosened up and your walls have started to crumble a little bit. Your defenses come down. And I mean, cults do it all the time when they break you down on purpose so that they can mold you into who they want you to be. So yes, you get the job. I get the job. What is this person that they want to mold you into? I remember my very first day I walked up and they're like, well, you know, we're a lifestyle nudist club. And I was like, okay. I did not know that being in the lifestyle means swingers. So if someone says, oh, we're in the lifestyle, that means swingers. I wouldn't have known that. Which I... most people I have come to find out don't. I thought again that I was a little innocent, newly unMormon baby girl uh-huh. that I was like, oh, I should have known this term. But apparently, it's not a thing. My partner didn't know it at the time, you know. And a lot of people now I've talked to, you know, as yourself, didn't know. But um, so just saying we're a lifestyle resort, it's almost like a code word. Those that are in it know, but mm. those who are not don't. And I did not know. So I was like, okay, cool. The nudist lifestyle. Yeah, we're all into that. (laughs) Right? So I started like on a Wednesday and it was like cleaning up and making things all nice and pretty. And they kept talking about, oh, you know, where your body is so nice. Oh, it's so nice to have a pretty girl around here. Oh, you know, we're so glad you're working for us. And we would have a few people come during the week. And um, it was very much... You were there, I thought in my head, I was there as like a hostess Mm -hmm. to, you know, make sure they had a nice time, get them drinks, um, let them know where the food was, you know, run, run everything. But I started to figure out I was more there for eye candy. Mm. And not to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so pretty. Granted, this was a long time ago. I was very much thinner. (laughs) I was a lot thinner. How old were you? I was probably about 29, 30. I'll throw a picture of you on the screen. I was real skinny. I was real cute. I was real tan, you know, before we, I decided sunscreen was a thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just walking around and it it feels good for people to tell you that you're pretty. Yeah. It feels good to people. To, oh, my gosh. You haven't had a boob job. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Look at me. <laughs> you know? And so you're getting all this positive feedback that you start thinking, it's totally normal. I do have a great body. Of course people should see my body. I I do what I want with my body. This right. is this is normal, you know? And that was pretty much how it was for me three days straight. And they were long shifts. They were usually, you were scheduled for like eight hours, but most people stayed for 10 to 12 just mm. because that's how it was. Things need to be done. They underhire. <laughs> but um, the first weekend... I worked there and there were a lot of couples weekends for busy. I use busy in air quotes because it was never horribly busy. (laughs) There were people having sex everywhere and I was not expecting this at all. So when I walked in, it first happened. I remember I walked up and I was like, oh my God, there's a couple having sex over there. And they were like, yes. And And I was like, cool. Good for them. (laughs) Like, I think that's what I said. I was like, Good for them. Good for them. Like, I didn't even know what to say. Yeah. And at that point, I remember feeling really uncomfortable. I feel like now being out of it, it was like forced voyeurism. Mm. It was very much like I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't give consent to have that happen. Um, You know, I think people saw I was visibly uncomfortable And they thought it was funny and they were like, well, you need to go offer them drinks. Well, you need to go make sure they're okay. And I was like, they're obviously busy. And they're like, no, it's your job. Go offer them drinks. And I was like, okay. And it made me feel so uncomfortable. Just so, so, so uncomfortable. And the fact that everyone around me was acting like this was 100% totally normal made me think like, Kirsten, get your shit together. This is normal. This is what people do. It's just bodies. It's like live porn. You're fine. 
Which I have to say, from a Mormon's perspective, porn is also 100,000% off limits. Oh, yeah. So seeing someone have sex, and it's so funny. I don't know why I haven't connected this until now, but I had a very similar experience to you, but in like the regular Las Vegas type of environment. So I was a lifeguard, (laughs) and then I was a food runner at Hard Rock Hotel, during the day clubs and like they called it rehab it was televised it was packed like i would have to force my way through people literally someone tried to buy me because they thought i was a prostitute and i remember (gasps) seeing for the first time (laughs) i remember seeing someone giving someone else a blowjob on a day bed and i was like oh I was so shocked and people were having sex in the (laughs) pools and all the other lifeguards were like, yeah, we have to pull the condoms out of the pools at night. I was like, what? I was so shocked and weirded out. But again, I was like, well, clearly I'm the weird one and everyone else just thinks it's normal. So I had that same type of experience. I'm wondering for you, because you went in thinking it was this peace, love, zen place and then you get there and the energy is clearly sexually charged, it feels like- That could really create an environment for abusive situations where people who come thinking that it's a yoga retreat and that there is no sexuality involved and then they're getting uh, propositioned by couples who go there knowing it's a swingers retreat and they're trying to hit on them. And it's got to create this really abusive power dynamic. And I wondered if you witnessed any of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for one, I want to say I feel so seen that you two were shocked <laughs> seeing that for the first time because I about lost my damn mind. I was like, oh, what is going on here? <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, um, definitely. There was a lot of times that people came not knowing at all what it was. Um, you know, one thing that happened a lot that makes me really, really sad to say is that couples would book time together or, I mean, honestly, usually it was the male of, of the couple would book time there or book a room or, you know, just get a day pass. And we would say when they would call, we say it's a fully nude lifestyle resort. And they'd say, okay, some people knew what that meant. Some people didn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one partner would make the call, get that information and deliberately choose not to tell the other partner. And I definitely knew when it was the ones that were deliberate and the ones that were not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you would see both of them. Oh, it's fully new. Oh, oh, okay. And they're looking at each other, trying to decide what to do, you know? And there were other ones where they check in and they're signing, you know, it's fully nude. And one partner goes, what? What Did you know about this? What? Why didn't you tell me? Oh, well, I thought it'd be something fun. Or, oh, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was fully nude. What? Okay, well, I already paid for it. You know, it was very, to me, it felt very deceptive. And coercive. Yes, and very coercive. Very much like, oh, well, we're already here. Because they couldn't get their money back. No, there were no refunds whatsoever. There was also um, a policy that if you were not fully nude and you chose to leave, you were banned. Because they would be like, well, that person's a a predator. And we would have to put it in their file, like electronically. We had to put like, do not let them back in. They're a predator on their file. Wow. When literally all they were doing was taking ownership of their body and choosing not to expose it to strangers. Mm -hmm. That's all they were doing. Yeah. But all of a sudden they're, they're a predator. And the thing that really gets me is that everyone there at the time participating bought into that mindset. I mean, it became almost like ganging up on people be like, oh, my God, did you see it? she didn't want to get naked or he didn't want to take his shorts off? Oh, my God, we need to get rid of them. Oh, my God. You know, it was very much like get these people out. And I feel like outside of that situation or that scenario with everyone in that mindset, like nobody would have said two words anywhere else. Like, you don't want to be naked. OK, bye. Go somewhere mm-hmm. else. The difference between the one love temple and other lifestyle or swinger clubs is 
consent is really what it comes down to. If you come to the One Love Temple, you don't know it's nudist, or you think it's a yoga retreat, and you do know it's nudist, but you don't know it's lifestyle, you know, or swingers or whatever, you're going to show up and you'll see people being nude and looking at you in a sexual way. Exactly. Or you'll see men walking around with erections that you did not sign up for. You know, I, I used to joke, I'm like, man, if I see another penis in my face today, you know, it was, just, <laughs> it was constant, just constant erection, erection, <laughs> erection, you know, <laughs> it was very sexually charged. People knew it was very sexually charged. And if you go to a lifestyle club in Las Vegas, anywhere else, you expect that. So I think it's very much full consent knowing what you're signing up for and then being allowed to be in that however you want to participate or not participate and not be shamed for not wanting to participate. Yeah. As an employee, did you ever feel personally victimized in that way or people trying to grab you and touch you? It happened to me all the time and I worked at a regular pool, so I just can't (laughs) even imagine. A lot of people... In the lifestyle, I, you know, like I said, I have a lot of friends even now in the lifestyle. They are some of the most respectful people I've ever met. Like, mm-hmm. no means no. Everything's consensual. If you don't want to be touched or you don't want to play, whatever, they're very nice. At the resort, because the hostesses or the managers were kind of like eye candy, I felt like it gave people the idea that we were okay with being touched, Mm. Um, which I was not, (laughs) you know, a lot of people wouldn't, but a lot of people would. It was very much, I remember one person came up and just randomly hugged me, full body hug. He was fully nude. I was fully nude and I was not ready for that. I remember I was just like, Okay, fully naked man against my body right now. Yeah. And it was like, again, I had that factor like, okay, you're being the weird one. You're being weird. This is normal. Everyone else is hugging. It's okay. You can hug this person. But inside, I was just like screaming internally like, I don't want you on my body. Yeah. You know? There was one time there was a couple there that um, she was a couples massage therapist, like teaching them how to massage each other erotically and things like that. And she was like, I just want to show you something, like speaking to someone else. And she was like, Kirsten, come here. You can be the model. And I was like, um, and I was saying, she's like, come on, come on. It'll be fine. Real quick, real quick. So I was because I felt like I had to. Oh, no. I was like stiff as a board the whole time. And even though it wasn't like full on like massaging genitals or anything, it was a lot of very erotic touching other parts of my body. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, okay, we've all seen ha ha ha. And they're like, oh, Kirsten likes it. And I was like, well, I got to work, you know, and I like ran back to the office. And I remember I got home and I was just like sitting there. My partner's like, are you okay? And I thought the way to get rid of that was like to give him a massage. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll make it better. I'll give him a massage. And I gave him a massage for like an hour. Not, again, nothing erotic. I was just giving him a massage and like trying to make sense of what had happened. Wow. And I remember him just being like, this is amazing. Oh, my gosh. What? Where'd you learn this? And I was like, oh, they had a massage teacher at work. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. I love this so much. And I remember him just holding me after. Mm. And I wanted to bawl my eyes out. And I did not have the courage to tell him what had happened because I was so mortified. Yeah. And traumatized and embarrassed and hurt and all of the other thousands of feelings you get when you've been violated Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, and I would like to say that was my only experience. That was probably one of the worst, but there were other experiences like that, you know, that happened to other people that you're put in this environment where it just seems like this is normal. We're all having a good time. 
and it feels like your ability to say no is taken away. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm sorry that happened to you. That was not okay. And I hope that you can recognize that now because even though some people may think, oh, well, she chose to get on the table. She didn't have to get on the table. That's not how consent works. There's coercion. There's manipulation. If you are forcing someone... There's a lot of people watching. Exactly. you're trying to do your job. Exactly. You're supposed to be an employee. You're not supposed to be there for their pleasure. So absolutely, that was wrong. And that happened. I mean, people would ask if they could take my picture even though cameras weren't allowed, um, they would ask if they could take my picture. And they're like, it's just for me to remember. We've had so much fun with you. And I was like, no, I don't feel comfortable. And they were like, oh, my God, it's not like we're going to share it. I got that, like, a lot, especially with people that were considered, like, VIPs, like, they came a lot. Um, They would be like, oh, we're here all the time. We know you. This is fine. And it was not fine. Right. You had mentioned to me off camera that you had some sneaky suspicions that the owners were up to something no good with their cameras that they had stationed throughout the resort. I know that they had previously owned an adult video production company. There were cameras around the resort. Like I know there was definitely one down a hallway that went out to the pools and I know it was around outside. I don't know this for sure, and so I very much want to put on the record, I do not know this for sure. That being said, there were cameras everywhere. I mean, there was sex everywhere at every place, every square inch people had sex. There had to be ones on the video. There had to be. And just knowing the owners and knowing the kind of things that they – like to do or get away with they always acted like they had something sneaky going on it would not surprise me in the slightest if those videos were used somehow on a website or to promote something i i don't know i would hope not but i i just don't know why else would you have cameras like that's weird yeah i think that's awful and that would make me feel really uncomfortable knowing that there were cameras around especially because your cameras aren't allowed, but they can have cameras on you at all times. It's just like yes. kind of icky. And I wonder what the demographic was. So who are the the majority of people who are coming to this? Yeah. Um, so the thing about this that, I mean, drove me absolutely nuts being there was they had a rule that no single men could come. Of course. I mean... <laughs> So basically, it had to be a hetero couple, so a man and a woman, or a single woman. So they had specials even for single women to come by themselves, which you might be like, okay, that's interesting. Well, more girls or whatever. No, no. It was specifically to get single women to come to be there for couples. Right. And some of them did not know that. Like we had we had specials that were like come swim free full day at this yoga retreat and it was like 39 bucks. Like something really cheap like that. You know, and it said like all you can eat, all you can drink. Wow. You know, so yeah, so really enticing. And I remember very specifically one woman that came that told me she was in town for a business trip and she had a day. So she took the opportunity. She found that coupon. I don't know how she got it, but she took it, came thinking it was a yoga retreat, wanted to eat and drink all she could. And people were flocking to her and she was so uncomfortable. She also was one person, she really did not want to take her bottoms off. She had a bikini and she did not want to take her bottoms off. Mm -hmm. And um, I was tasked with going out and telling her that she could take her bottoms off or she could leave and be banned. Oh my gosh. What did she do? She took her bottoms off and then she sat in a corner and read a book and hid pretty much the whole time. 
to this day, I don't know why she didn't leave other than the only thing I can think of is she felt shamed into, you know, almost the same kind of mindset I had the first time I was there that, okay, this is normal. Everybody else is having fun. This is normal. Mm -hmm. This is normal. And feeling like if you left, you know, maybe she was from a small town and thought, okay, this is how big cities are. This is Las Vegas. This is normal. You know, for all I know, maybe she did have a nice time or enjoyed voyeurism. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was really interesting to me, like the homophobia, how deeply ingrained it was. It was very much like, I mean, the owner straight up would be like, we don't want gay couples here. We don't want single men lurking around and being predatory. This is for couples to come and relax and enjoy time with other couples. And we don't want any single men being here. That's weird. Like they would harp on it all the time. Yeah, all the time. That's also interesting and kind of messed up that they would assume that a man and a woman couple would only want to mess around with another woman. Like, what if the woman wants another yeah. man? <laughs> you know? Which was a thing. I mean, I, I saw that. There was even someone I worked with that she said her and her husband only ever wanted other men. So, I mean, it's definitely a thing. Well, of course it's a thing. And that that's why <laughs> it's so surprising. It's so surprising that within this swingers community, they weren't accepting of all different sexualities because I think that that's pretty unheard of in swingers communities or, you know, the, the big sex parties or whatever. People are really open and understanding to whatever preferences, preferences that you have. So I just find that weird. I, yeah, I agree. The thing... This goes back to it being that culty mindset. They were older, the people that owned it, and the main, I guess, regulars or people who came and understood what it was about were older couples that they agreed with all of those things too. How old? 50s, 60s. Mm. Usually it was couples maybe, I would say, late 40s, 50s, 60s. That was like the main demographic, it seemed, that came and enjoyed themselves. There were Mm. other couples that were younger that came but did not have a good time. You know, they were like, this is weird. I don't enjoy this. We're leaving. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing I remember hearing them speak with other I don't know if he was another owner or there was this guy that would just come and hang he seemed to be some sort of owner but I remember him telling them that they had to change things up because their community was dying basically he's like you're only he goes all of these rules and ridiculous things you guys do is targeting the older swinger community and not bringing in younger people younger people are not on board with all the things that you say or do or whatever And they were like, well, then we don't want them here. You know, that's stupid. We're not going to change anything. This is the way kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think people that are in the lifestyle are really, I don't know how to say, practicing it in a moral way. I don't know how else to say it. People who are, you know, polyamorous and swingers and enjoy having other people's company to play. I do not think the majority of them have those same kind of rules or mindsets or anything like that. They are all Mm -hmm. about consent. They are all about um, inclusivity. You are with who you, right. You're with who you want to be with. You invite people you want to invite. If they say no, that's fine. You walk away. That was not how it was here. It was very much you're nude or we kick you out. You are hetero with, you know, a man and a woman, maybe extra women because we're all about that, you know, Um, or you're out. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, the majority of them were white. Um, You know, it wasn't cheap to go to this place. So mostly well off, you know, and it was just really interesting to see the big division between people who didn't think this was right and the people who did think it was okay. And you got some of the people who didn't think it was right kind of getting on board throughout the day or they felt totally uncomfortable, hid in a corner and then left. And you could just tell that they were not 
in a good place when they left. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd see women clutching their bags to themselves, looking at the ground, you know, um, it makes me sad to think that, you know, I was working for or helping be a part of a place that probably created trauma for a lot of individuals. Yeah. You know, being put in situations that they were not okay with and, and being coerced into participating in things that they did not want to participate in. Yeah. And I do appreciate you taking that accountability and letting people know how you felt and how you feel now. I do think it's important for people watching to recognize that you were still not in a good place mentally and you still didn't know which was up and down and you're trying to figure out life too. So yeah, both both things can be true at once. Thank you for taking accountability, but also you were going through your own thing as well. And so with that, I have to ask... Probably the hardest question and the most uncomfortable question, which is, do you suspect, in your own opinion, that they were using this place to traffic women? That's something that, you're right, is really hard and uncomfortable to answer. I I wish I could say no. In um, my heart of hearts, you know, gun to my head kind of thing. I I do think there was there was some trafficking going on. Wow. Um, you know, maybe if it wasn't like, you know, behind closed doors, like here's the money, hey hey hey. You know, like you would think you see on CSI or SVU or something. I think it was more of we're gonna come to this place. Can you make sure there are women there for us to enjoy? And then, um, you know, they, I know that they hired girls that were already in the sex industry, you know, some strippers or, you know, feeling like they might have to turn to sex work Mm. and they would be like, oh, you don't have to, we, we can get you a job here. And they weren't even necessarily working in a position like I was, they were just told to come to work. And then when they were there, they were not hosting like I was. They were participating. So that was something I did not know about until probably just a couple weeks before I quit. Um, I think it's one of those things that you see things, but you almost don't know what's going on. You're like... That's weird. They're talking to all the workers here and I saw them with the owners, but now they're playing. So mm-hmm. obviously they're they're just guests. And then when someone's like, no, they're employees, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, right. like I very much didn't, I didn't know what to do with that information. You know, I mean, going back to me being this little naive girl, I, there was drugs everywhere and I had like no clue (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. I would sometimes see it in the rooms and stuff I didn't even know what I was looking at I'm like this must be some weird sex thing you know like oh no it was like I had no no clue like you don't even know how like little naive green I was so you know I I think probably people would be like it's Las Vegas stuff like that happens all the time it it wasn't. I've been to clubs in Las Vegas. I've been I've been to rehab. In yeah, Las, not rehab. <laughs> the like I had to go the to day rehab. club that I worked at. Yes, thank you. I've been there. I've seen how things are, and that has very much more of a like Las Vegas party feel. Yeah, this had very much like I hate to say it, but a very much like almost predatory feel the whole time you were there. There was always someone staring at you. There was always something going on. I mean, the police came all the time. And we were told not to answer the door, not to answer the gate. You know, not if they found out the police came and we had answered the door, that person was fired the next day. Wow. They called it a hidden gem of Las Vegas. It was not a gem. It was hidden, but it wasn't a gem. Yeah. So, yeah. Lots of not good stuff. 
Yeah, that's hard. And I'm sure I'm sure it took a toll on you eventually. I mean, you quit. How long did you work there before you realized you couldn't do it anymore? I used to think it was about six months, but it might have even been less than that. Like I got hired in like April or May when it started to get warm and I left before Halloween. So I probably left in like September. So I, you know, not that long because I think what made me decide to leave is for one, finding out about the employees that were playing. And also just, I almost feel like you hit your what the fuck point. Yeah. I don't know other people's experiences, but my experience, you know, with Mormonism and with this, I was finally asked to do one more thing, which for me, it was lie to the police that I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? What the fuck have I gotten myself into? You know, I remember just sitting there and I just texted. I said, I will never be returning again. Do not ever contact me. And I blocked every single person from there and I never walked in again. And I never thought, I I thought about it because I cried a lot of nights, you know, hating that I had put myself in that situation, hating I'd put other people in that situation, hating that I had experienced so much trauma of being exposed to things that I was not okay with, trauma of seeing people in situations they weren't okay with. Mm-hmm. And frankly, even trauma of having to hide things from my partner, from my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, my family didn't even know I was out of the church. And they wow. definitely did not know where I was working, <laughs> you know? And just think about it, like talking to your family, talking to your friends, every single person that says, hey, you know, you got a new job. Where do you work now? And being like, oh, Chuck E. Cheese. Like, (laughs) didn't you say, um, didn't you tell me that your friend knew you worked at a spa and she asked if she could could get a discount (laughs) for the massage or something? You're like, promise you don't want that type of massage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I have a real good friend. She kept asking and I told her, she asked like incessantly, I just want to go and support you. I want to get a massage. Hook it up. Do you have any discounts? And I was so mortified and she kept asking. I almost bought her a gift card to massage envy just so she would shut up and leave me alone. (laughs) I was like, they're super expensive. You don't want to go there. I'm sure it took a lot of time to deconstruct what happened there because it was just everything all at once in your face. It's not yeah. this slow drip of sexuality or like being exposed to no. what a baseline sexuality might look like. So, I mean, after you left, did you ever explain to your partner what happened or is is this going to be the first time that he sees it from this interview and was like, oh, that's <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Kind of, (laughs) you know, when, when I got hired, I did tell him, I was like, it's fully nude. I'll be fully nude or wearing a sarong most of the time. Cause when I was inside, like doing office stuff, I always wore a sarong always Mm -hmm. like fully wrapped up. Um, and he was like, okay. He's like, as long as, you know, he's, he's amazing. He wasn't raised Mormon or anything. And he was very much like, it's your body Uh, you do with your body, whatever you want. Um, but he, he had no clue the stuff I went through. I mean, you know, talking about that and his experience even would be interesting to hear because I know there were times when I came home and I was like, maybe we should try this. Not because I really wanted to do it because I saw it and thought, oh, maybe this is what he wants. Interesting. And he'd be like, why? And I was like, it's an idea. Forget about it. Forget about it. You know? Oh, wow. Is there anything else that you want to mention about the center? I don't know if it's still in Las Vegas. That location, I'm pretty sure got shut down mm. when COVID happened. But I mean, a quick Google search, it looks like they still have a location. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on or not. I hope that people that go there, go there to have a nice time with full consent. I hope that this video, maybe if they Google it, <laughs> will 
help them understand more of what their experience might be. If you go there and you love it and you have a great time, I am glad that you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you practice consent and, you know, morality in those situations. Um, You know, what is comfortable for you and your partner or whoever else is there. But I also hope that they get shut down. (laughs) So they don't continue to create an environment that allows trauma and coercion and, you know, sex trafficking or or whatever Mm -hmm. to occur. Because they are creating a breeding ground that is just making it easy for people who want to be predatory or whatever, you know, makes it so they can be. Yeah. And just to say it one final time, I think if you are part of this, what did they call it? The lifestyle. If you're part of the lifestyle and that works for you and you're doing it responsibly, more power to you. I commend you. I salute you. All of the things. Um, I just, I really hope the message came across today that it's when people masquerade as something else and coerce people and manipulate people to come and be a part of the lifestyle where that's where I have the issue with it and there's a problem there. And so I think both of us really wanted to do this video today to expose this group in particular, not the lifestyle in itself. And to warn people about what's going on out there and what you may find yourself walking into at a different resort. You know, I'm sure there's more than one that does this type of thing. So just arming people with the knowledge and the red flags and what to look out for and reminding people to follow your intuition. If it doesn't feel right, you can leave. You're not weird for standing up for yourself. You're not weird for not wanting to show a part of your body. And you're not weird if you want to be naked. Like, just do what feels right for you. And um, I think that's the best advice that I could give. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a thousand percent with you, Shalise. Although I went from one extreme of Mormonism, purity culture, to the complete opposite extreme of nudist sex everywhere, (laughs) swingers club, I I was able to find a middle ground and I do think that although I did have a lot of negative experiences, it also did help me realize what healthy sexuality would be in a consensual relationship. Yeah. So again, I would never want this upon anybody. And again, I am going to emphasize as you did, it is the One Love Temple Sea Mountain Resort that we are specifically talking about. Not swingers, not polyamory, not lifestyle mm-hmm. individuals. Because I do have so many friends that do that and they have taught me so much about understanding your needs, understanding your body, understanding your partner's needs and wants and body and making that all work for everyone in a way that fulfills you emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of the things. Mm-hmm. So I think there, I mean, I hate to say there's positive, but I think there was some positive things in that and that I realized it's okay to say no to these things and it's okay to say yes to the things that are okay for you or feel good to you or whatever. Yeah. There's always going to be some positives that we can pull from these culty groups because if it was all bad, no one would stay. So it's good to be able to differentiate and be like, yes, I can accept the good and know that it's a bad situation. So, yeah, we don't want anyone to ever feel guilty about being able to say that something that they were a part of that was inherently problematic does have some good stuff. So with that, let me get your Linda listen. (laughs) Your sassy statement as the viral video with the toddler goes. <laughs> All right. So, Linda, listen. If you show up for an interview and they immediately to take ask you to take your clothes off, <laughs> maybe that's a red flag. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe do a closed interview. It's an idea. 
<laughs> okay, Linda, listen, think twice. Um, that's great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I hope people enjoyed it. It was a little bit more of an atypical episode. But, you know, I got to tell people that not all cults are religions. And we got to get into those other culty organizations and expose some other things so that people know that it's not just religion. To be fair, they were categorized as a religion and didn't have to pay taxes. I'm just saying. Stop. So, I swear to God. No. I got a Kirsten. tax. Yeah. I, when I filed my taxes that year, I got a paperback that said, this is a nonprofit religious community. Like they have the EIN and they're like, they need to pay you back your taxes that you paid. No, it all makes <laughs> sense now. Yeah, Kirsten, it all yeah. makes sense. No, it's That's why they have to tout this Buddhism thing. It all yeah. makes sense. Wow. Yep. Of I of course. <laughs> of freaking course. Wow. Yeah, they don't pay taxes either. So, That's disgusting. You know, if anybody wants to start a sex cult, call it a religion. You could save some money on your taxes. Oh my gosh, I can't. Well, this has been great. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I have lived many, many lives. <laughs> and this, this is where I'm at now. <laughs> well, it was so awesome. And guys, um, if you want to check out her other episode, I'll definitely link it below here with something else that you want to check out. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash cults to consciousness. It would mean the world if you could become a patron. If not, I just love you for watching, liking and sharing and uh, subscribing. And thank you to my newest patrons, Moonlight, Esther and Raven. I appreciate you. And until next time, follow your highest excitement, be conscious and be well. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review or a comment to help with our visibility. You can also find me on social media at Colts2Consciousness or reach out by email at Colts2Consciousness at gmail.com.